Use your words, help them to mean things that you desire them to mean. What? Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as messed up as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hopes and hungers that every ministry leader has. Chris said a really bad thing before we started this whole thing and threw me completely off. (sighs) So... The ball's in your court, the ball's in my court. How does this work in regards to like ministry when we have volunteers and we're trying to put the ball in their court, but we want them to execute the plays that we desire? Like, how do we get them? Hold on. Are you talking about my court or your court? To have ownership. I'm talking about the ministry leader's court. I'm talking about the the ministry itself. Okay. How do we get people? Every ministry leader has a ball in their court. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chris, did you want to start off like this? Golly, yes, it. this is it. This is absolutely it. Neither of us are doing well in regards to allowing the other person to take ownership of this podcast. <laughs> but this podcast yeah, is all example. about ownership. So, <laughs> Taylor, I'm sorry. You have to edit two people talking at the exact same time. You're brilliant. I'm sure you're going to do great. So shout out to Taylor, our producer. Um, but we're talking about ownership. And how do we get people to have that ownership when we also want to have that ownership? Like, how does that tension get resolved? Or maybe there's people that we serve with or whatever, that are just happy to be, just tell me what to do. I don't care what it is. I'll just show up and I'll do it. Um, But I think that those that uh, have ownership have a greater opportunity to allow their passions to be actualized. So there's, there's two different uh, times in a, in a, the life of a leader where I think this comes into play. So one is like, we've talked about this before in other podcasts is vision, like getting people behind your vision when it may not be their vision, you know, selling the vision, getting them hyped, getting them pumped about the vision. Um, that's one version of kind of the issue we're talking about. The other one is when you are delegating something to someone else or you're leaving a particular position or role and you want them to execute something, um, you're not even going to be there. Right. And so they're going to be executing your vision. They're going to be executing your thought or even like your idea, something you're passionate about. Well, what if they aren't interested in it? What if they aren't passionate about it and you're not going to be around and you're not even going to be the one to to supervise and see how things went or are going? And so that that's the piece that uh, that I'm, I'm encountering right now. So. Uh, as, as many of you know, I am transitioning from working full-time at a parish to actually working full-time with Next Level Ministry and Ablaze Ministries to empower ministry leaders like you uh, full-time. My full effort is going to be going to that, which is great. Woo-hoo! I know, it's so exciting. But it also means that I'm transitioning away from a parish and a, 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 essentially a program that I built up over the last nine years. Like when people ask me how many kids I have, I I have six, but I also kind of have number seven, which is this youth program, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I was experiencing a little bit of resistance in the youth ministry team that we have. And uh, and finally, one of the team members like articulated, hey, Chris, this is great, but you're not going to be here to see this through. Like we're the ones that are doing it. And the thing is, is it's not that they weren't passionate. We have amazing alignment. We have amazing people on our team. It's just that there was more passion a little bit elsewhere. 
and I was staying kind of in my lane, in my vision, like I was going to be there for the fall. I was leading like I wasn't leaving. Mm. Um, yeah. But but the, the thing is, is what if we were always leading like we were leaving? Always delegating, always empowering in a way that ultimately you want them to have complete ownership over it. So I, I think there's there's definitely a difference um, between the two. Uh, like, I don't think you can lead like you're leaving all the time. Um, maybe, but there is definitely uh, like a nuance or a difference between leading while you're still around because you're the one who is, um, I don't know, there during the execution. So the vision, the passion for what you're doing in the direction can all be guided by you. Um, and maybe the the delegation things, like when you're fully delegating something, you need to lead in the way that you're talking about, lead like you're leaving or lead, lead like you won't be there, right? And so that may be the the nuance. But like we did a high school retreat last year and I knew I wasn't going to be on this retreat. And so, but I had definitely had my ideals or my ideas as to how I wanted it to go, what I wanted to happen here, what I wanted to happen there. Um, and this would be the best time to do this. This would be the best time to do that. And then when I saw the people that were going to be there on the ground, making the plans, not doing that, I had to like really just, like, I don't know, suck it in and not say anything because I knew that them executing a, a, a vision or a plan that they came up with, they would have so much more passion and it would be better for that situation than if they had executed what I did Whereas I believed if we executed what I did the way that I wanted to execute it, it would have been better. Does that make sense? So like you, like, I think this is partially what you're wrestling with is like, I know that my plan is better, <laughs> but it's only better because you're the one doing it. Their plan done by them is better than your plan done by them. And, and here's, here's, the, here's the reality is I don't know if my plan two weeks ago, I thought my plan would be better. But now that I've kind of given that space and, and, and really they've taken more ownership and more of the lead and I've gone more into a supporting role of that, hearing some of their ideas and the way their unique gifts will be actualized, like there's a high likelihood that theirs is going to be better with me gone than us as a team with me there. Like there's a chance that even like that I would just get in the way. And so there's this kind of beautiful grace and there's also this grieving that goes along with that reality. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and, but I want the team to have ownership. And the only way that I can have ownership is if I lose some of my input or some of that influence to allow their ideas and their gifts and skill set to flourish. And then I come in after that flourishing, flourishment, flourish, flourishing, <laughs> flourishing. Okay. <laughs> to support and continue to grow in, in, in the best ways that I can. And, and that realization was a fruit of some healthy, real healthy tension on the team. And, uh, and I'm grateful for them for sticking with me because I was, I realized at a certain point, like I am getting in the way of the success of the future of the ministry. Yeah. If, if I expect them to do a Chris Bartlett program without Chris Bartlett there, like it doesn't like now that I say it out loud, how ridiculous does that sound? Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and so I kept stepping back and I said, what's in the best interest of the teens? What's in the best interest of the, uh, the, the youth ministry team once I'm gone? And I started asking those questions. And then I, I literally apologized to him earlier this week. I was like, guys, I am so sorry that it's taken me this long to realize this. 
And they thanked me. And I said, now my job is to support you guys in any way. And almost immediately, one of the one of the people said, are you serious? And I said, yes. And they're like, could you take care of this piece? I don't have the bandwidth to be able to do this. And you have always done this really good and really effectively. It'll take you a couple of hours. It would take me a couple of days. Mm. And I'm like, yay, I'm like supporting you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it felt really useful. good. Like, yeah, it, it all of a sudden this, the, 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 the balance kind of really came into play. Um, and, it, and it took some humility. But but again, are we empowering our teams, our, 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 our volunteers to put passion over compliance? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you want as a leader? What do you want out of the people that you're leading? Do you want passion or do you just want them to do what they tell you to do? Um, now, you might get both. Uh, you might get lucky and get both, but that doesn't happen on accident. <laughs> you have to be very strategic to get both um, compliance and passion or you just have to get lucky or whatever like perfect alignment and all that stuff but it's even harder when you're leaving a ministry or you're not going to be directly involved in that ministry to get both passion and compliance to to like your ideals to what you exactly what you want to do and with this post-pandemic world or pandemic world not post-pandemic yet but in this covid situation there are a lot of parishes that are asking more of the employees that are remaining and if you're one of those that's a remnant employee, right, maybe a third of the team got cut or half the team got cut, and now all of a sudden you have new responsibilities, that means that that, that delegation, that reality is is going to happen one way or the other. Um, and, and, and to be able to foster, bring out uh, the, the, the other people's gifts in order to lead to a new sense of ownership and even draw out some of the passions, it's necessary, especially in these communities that have to do more with fewer human resources, right? Okay. One example of uh, of kind of this that was surprising was we we have, you know, the, the small group questions and things like that. And we always try and start in the small group by doing some sort of an icebreaker or bonding activity, right? And, uh, and, and Joe was his name and he had a group of freshman boys. He never did that. He never did the first question. You know what he did? He did a push-up contest with his boys. He said, I bet I can beat any two of you. And they would do push-ups. And he would do more push-ups than any two of the teens. It was amazing, right? Combined? Combined, yeah, yeah. This guy wow. was... Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, and, uh, and, and, <laughs> and then I come back and I share it with the team. I'm like, this is really good. But I saw in someone's face, they were like, wait, so are we supposed to be doing push-ups with our kids? And I'm like, no, this works for Joe. Like, I want <laughs> you guys to have you. the freedom. Yeah, I want you guys to have the freedom to do that because this icebreaker might work for the majority of the group, but it might not work for a few. Like, do it, innovate, take ownership. And, and how many leaders out there would be upset because Joe didn't do the question? Like, I know that there are leaders out there that'd be like, well, but did you ask the question? Um, and it's like, that's not the purpose. Like what you want is you want their passion and that you want their connection to happen, you know? And so that's, uh, that's like, again, like, do you value like passion or compliance? You know? And, and I think there's a, there, there's probably are some leaders out there that, that value compliance. Now I will say like, Chris, what you were saying about them letting go of things, like they're going to have to delegate more than they've ever had to delegate if they are the remnant staff member. That's yes. kind of what you were getting at. Yeah. Like, and so, when you delegate, it is okay, and it should look different than when you ran it. Um, I like I've had this experience over and over again at, at Ablaze Ministries. So when we started Ablaze, I was like one of four people, so I was doing everything. 
Um, and then as we got more people and as we gained more people, I was able to delegate certain jobs, right? The first role, what are you laughing at, Chris? Go. You and Alyssa are doing everything now. It's not just you doing everything <laughs> now. It's just you and Alyssa. Now I've got two Believe people doing me. everything. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely like we definitely have more people doing things where I'm not doing some things that I did when I started. But when I very first started, the very first thing I did was hand over a ministry that I'd been running for, I think it was two or three years at the time, to Alyssa, right? Someone that I, I trust with anything, right? And so then my job was to supervise her. And so I would come in and supervise. Well, I was running it the week before, or I was running it, running it the month before. And so then when I see this moment where it's like, okay, someone needs to do something, I would step up and do something. And I was like, okay, we're all going to go over here. And she's like, no, we're not. <laughs> and I was like, but this is what we did. And she's like, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, why not? <laughs> Because I don't do that. And it was like, oh, uh, I guess it doesn't have to be ran the exact same way that I did it. Because it doesn't fit your style. It doesn't fit the way that you want things to flow. And that is absolutely 100% okay. And you actually want that to happen. Because then there's a level of ownership that happens with that person. And with that level of ownership and that trust that's built, that support that you give that other person... Then they come back and say, hey, I'm having trouble navigating how we transition from the snack time to the game time or the game time to the serious discussion. And, and they have that relationship. What's worked well for you in the past? But if it is just compliance, 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 then they're like, well, I can't go ask Matt for advice on this because he's going to say, well, we did it this way in the past and now you're doing it differently. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's yeah. we can't we cannot be poopy pants, even if it requires like I said, almost a grieving process to be like, wah, wah. Like yeah. even even the brands, they're all they're all gone as well because we're doing things so differently this year. But but to go back to kind of what you said is I think as we seek to for for our, our parish in particular, as we seek to empower the parents to to do well, um, we are absolutely going to give them some different structures to make that a reality. But the objective, the objective is going to be what we want them to accomplish. If they want to accomplish the objective in a different way because they have personal experience or whatever, then we want to give them the freedom to do so. And I think we need to do that as well, is this is where vision really comes in. Like, this is the hill that we're going to go, go climb or conquer. And some people need more climbing gear than others, but other people are just like, I'm already running halfway up the hill. And you're just like, I'll bring you some water when you get thirsty. Like, that's going to be how I support you, you know. Um, whereas other people are like, tell me the next step to take and tell me the next step to take. And so keep in mind that when we're talking about this, it doesn't mean that everyone's just going to jump on. And when you're like, here's this, this, uh, this ministry opportunity, some people are going to be like, yay. And some people are going to be like, this is a really heavy ministry opportunity. Can you help lighten the load a little bit? And, and so it, it's not always apples to apples as we're describing it, but if we can get in touch with their passion and their skill sets, which are definitely different than yours then we can do ministry in a way that maybe is uh, is different, new, refreshing, innovative, and uh, and they have ownership over. Yeah. And this isn't to say that, I mean, if you're still around, if you've delegated and you're still kind of like the supervisor, this isn't to say they're not going to do something wrong um, or, or something that you should step in or you should fix. But I, I, we, I think we've said this before, but I would argue for allowing the people to have little failures um, like if you hand something over, if you need to hand something over to somebody, 
Um, you, you allow them to have little failures. Do not like sit there and micromanage because you want them to try and learn what their vision for it is. Learn what, what learn how they're going to do it. Um, and if they have little failures, that's great because they're going to learn that lesson so much better that way than just doing what you told them to do. If you see a catastrophic failure coming, <laughs> stop it, like fix it and, and help them understand why it was going to be detrimental to the, the future of the program in, in a significant way, not just because it was different than your way. Um, or detrimental to their career in ministry because <laughs> there are some things that you can choose to do that's like, yeah, you could have lost your job. Right, right Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any stories like that, do you? Me? No, zero. <laughs> I, I, I left my position willingly, Matt Rice. <laughs> oh, I know that. Like, hello. But you've done things in ministry that like if, if your boss or if the di- diocesan official had heard about it, they'd be like, hmm, I don't know. There, uh, just just an example of that. There was a car accident with the teens one time, mm. um, and I'm not sure the exact process or policy, but I was leaving a gas station, and all the teens were opening up the bags of Cheetos and things like that. And you know, Cheeto dust is like glitter, right? Oh, it's called Cheetle now. You know that, right? I had no Cheetle. idea. Cheetle. Okay, it's got a name. So this is is a, 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 a thanks for being so woke on the youth culture terms, Matt Rice. <laughs> No, the more this is you not know. woke youth terms. This is Cheeto terms. <laughs> so I'm allergic to Cheetos. Never had one in my life. So they're opening up these bags of puff, puffy dust. And I'm like, guys, da, da, da. and I'm slowly backing out. And all of a sudden the car goes crunk. <sighs> and I backed into one of those poles that are at gas stations to make sure that you don't back into important things. There was zero damage on the car. It, but it was, I guess, technically a car accident. I mean, it was like at three miles an hour, a tiny little fender bender that left no damage. And and sometimes I wonder, like, okay, so we're in the middle of Louisiana coming back from a youth conference, and I was just like, let's park the car. Is everyone okay? And they were just all laughing at me. Everyone was fine. Chris, you're such an idiot. And I was like, okay. And then I go back and I check, and there's no damage to the car. It was literally like just kind of like a, hey, there's the the edge. But I, I do wonder sometimes, should I, and this is, uh, you know, it's centuries ago, right? Should I have gone through all the diocesan kind of policy or what would that have looked like? And would I have had to call the police out and called medical personnel out to check on a three mile an hour fender bender? Like, was I? <laughs> so so when we say those things, it's kind of like, or was there enough common sense to say, you know what? That was just like if the teens would have jumped up two inches and landed two inches. That was the force of the impact. Uh-huh. And their parents would rather have them home at the prescribed time instead of us stay here for another six hours and the kids get home at 2 a.m. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Make sure that they've all been checked out by medical personnel. <laughs> right, right. So so to answer your question, I think, yes, we can all we can all see things where common sense maybe had a, had a precedence to it. And I think in everything, there is a sense of personal ownership and personal responsibility in the midst of the ministry to where you have to have the freedom to responsibly innovate and explore things. Because if we operate out of fear or even scrupulosity and say, I'm only going to ask the questions that are on my small group sheet, and that's all I'm going to do. And then a teen is like, well, one of the responses, I'm really having a hard week this week. I, I don't know if I can answer that question because my grandmother passed away. And you're like, thank you for sharing, Sarah. Next question is this. Like, no way. No way. We have to allow people to be like, okay, now I need to pastorally respond. I need to mm-hmm. respond to the situation as it stands. And uh, and we need to be leaders that empower that reality. Yep. 
So the delegation that you're doing um, is 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 different though because you're leaving that position. The transitioning out of a position that's a whole nother level, especially if you've been there for like nine years. It's a whole nother level of like, well, everything that I did might be gone in a year, right? Oh, and and I would say COVID actually took a lot of that away. Uh, yeah, yeah. To where everything that that I did was gone in March March 18th. You know yeah. what I mean? But, um. But everything that we kind of dreamed up, I realized that I was the 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 one who was kind of giving the context for the dreams to take place. And they were dreaming outside of that context. And I was limiting that potential. Yeah. And so now that I've said, you guys dream in your own new amazing directions, I'm seeing like, wow, I could support them over in this area and over in that area. And that's that, that, that's better because their dreams are bigger than mine, you know, uh, or, or at least different than mine. You know what I mean? So we almost could title this. I just thought about this like lame duck leadership. Right. I mean, you're a lame duck, aren't you? Like you're on the way out. Yes, that's fair. But <laughs> so kind of what does leadership look like as a lame duck? Kind of hurts my feelings to title it like that. <laughs> But but that's like like if if you're handing over a ministry to somebody else and letting it go, you are the lame duck. Yeah, but a lot of politicians that do that throw a lot of things in there and do a lot of type of executive orders to try and get things under the gun before they are no longer in leadership. True. And I am saying that that is not the appropriate way to do yes. it. Yes. So the, the phrase lame duck kind of carries a negative connotation because of that reality. And not so, just because it's a broken duck. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just one that doesn't dress does. in a style, and like, their style is lame. And so, what is like ministry leadership is a lame duck? Like that 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 idea, like because you don't want to do. There are things you don't want to do that that politicians or whatever would do in that situation, right? Yeah, because that's not good ministry leadership. Trying to cram your ideas down the throats of whoever's coming next. Lame duck or legacy duck? Ooh. And the legacy like duck would carry on the legacy of ministry, which was responsive, which was personal, which was passionate. And with me transitioning out, the, all three of those things are going to look different because personal, I'm not I'm not there anymore. Yeah. Passionate, my passions aren't the one that are at the helm anymore, you know? And, and responsive, I'm not going to be able to respond to the needs that I don't see. The fall semester... Someone else is going to have to be responsive. And mm-hmm. so that that's the legacy that I want to move forward with. And that's what the team was hungry for. They just needed to say a few things to get me into the proper orientation so that they could shine in the way that they wanted to shine. And ownership was a big piece of that. And th- the last week has been amazing to see the team step up and step in because I stepped limped because I'm lame. I limped out of the way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and, and like that legacy duck, it's like, it's not going to be Chris Bartlett's legacy. And, and that's just it. Like it, it's just the ministry is going to, to continue the, the oh, legacy I'm, of the ministry. I'm getting so fired up. The legacy at the parish that I work at is one that is open to the Holy spirit in a way that's willing to make mistakes for the sake of growth. And we do that because we believe that the teens and the families are worth those lessons that come along with it. And yep. so I have very rarely in my ministry uh, career had had fear of failure, but I've never had so much permission to innovate at a parish as I have in the last couple of years at the parish that I'm at. Yeah. And that is an amazing thing. And that's the legacy that I, my name is not attached to any of that. Yeah. That comes down to leadership and kind of a culture that's been built. And that's the legacy that I want to continue because there is a lot of fear when someone that's been there for nine years is leaving. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And it's like, you know what? 
We're going to do it the same way we always did. The Holy Spirit was always in the driver's seat, and we were just humble enough to be strapped in, you know, as the passenger or whatever. So, yeah. Well, and whereas someone who is focused on their legacy, their ministry, they may want to like put things in place that are going to keep it going the way that it, that they were doing it and make it a, a, like a, a Christ-centered ministry instead of a Christ-centered ministry. Right. We like to pull that one in every so often. I mean, that's a, like, that's, it's a famous criticism. All our listeners are like taking their drink now. It's time to, you know, it's a, it's a drinking game, right? Hey, random aside, this has nothing to do with the podcast at all. So uh, those of y'all listening or watching or whatever, like one of the things Chris and I get to do while we're recording is see the waveform of our recording kind of in the corner. When I went, ooh, it made a really cool waveform. And I just wanted to see it again. (laughs) Oh, Taylor might get a kick out of that one. Yeah, but literally no one else will. Zero other people will get a kick out of it, and you, oh, you will not be getting those twenty. <laughs> you won't I be getting those twenty seconds of your stuff. life back. I'm so sorry. So, um, good. So now that you've derailed us, Matt, uh, anything else you want to share? No, I figured we were close to the end anyway. So that was a good segue to the end. <laughs> it was a segue. Yes, indeed, it was a segue. <laughs> Woo. Okay, so well, we guys, want to hear from fun. you. Yeah, this was fun. We want to hear from you in regards to that because what's the biggest hurdle you've had to get over? Mine in kind of the the sharing was myself. I had to kind of get over myself in a way to be able to help ministry be successful. What's the biggest hurdle you've had to get over in order to help ministry be successful? Or what's the biggest hurdle you're seeking to get over now as this strange fall semester is happening? Let us know on our Facebook group. Just search Ministry Leaders Anonymous and you'll join our closed group. It's a safe space. Safe space. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue that conversation online. Like Chris said, please send any feedback you have to mla at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Woo! Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. And we will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Woo! (laughs) God bless you. Bye, guys. (laughs) 